This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Great, uh, great podcast for you today. We start with, did we blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? And what does that mean? Uh, we're getting into some some really dicey territory and uh, and people in the Senate and Congress don't know what's true and what's not. Can we prove this? And what's with the story that was released two hours later was kind of a tit for tat. Oh, yeah. Well, look at this now breaking on CNN about Vladimir Putin. Are we watching a play? That's all coming up. Also, uh, Bill O'Reilly and um, AI Week continues. We have a, uh, a great, great professor of computer science. It's won the highest awards in machine learning and AI. He has a happier version of AI, but still a warning, especially to conservatives. He says you're way behind. That's coming up all on today's podcast. Brought to you by Jace Medical. The American Society of Healthcare Pharmacists, the group that tracks the production of medications around the world, they have declared a worldwide shortage of many antibiotics, specifically amoxicillin. That is a critical drug used to combat all kinds of infections. You don't want to be out of antibiotics. I mean, that would not be good. Now, when we go on vacation, sometimes, you know, we can go, you know, out of the country or Mexico or we'll we'll uh, go up to our ranch in the mountains. And, you know, we're 45 minutes, an hour away from a hospital, let alone a doctor. So if something happens up there, can we just treat it ourselves with amoxicillin? That's what the Jace case from Jace Medical is all about. When you can't get to a doctor or you can't get the prescriptions, Jace Medical has you covered. Go to jacemedical.com, jacemedical.com. Look at their Jace case. It has the antibiotics that you can always have on hand. Use the promo code BEC10 and save 10 bucks off the order. It's jacemedical.com, offer code BEC10. Bring in, uh, I want to bring in uh, Jason Batrill, who is uh, with me uh, and is going to explain exactly what is going on with this one report from one source. So I say that uh, clearly at the beginning. There's problems with this reporting because it is one source, and I wouldn't take that from the New York Times as gospel. Uh, so... Let's remember one source, but it's pretty damning. It has a ton of facts. Tell me the story, Jason, on what happened and where this report's coming from. I struggle to even really describe how to even tell the story because it's it sounds like are you familiar with the term fan fiction? Yes. It's like that's what it's like off the internet. Like, what would really happen if Anakin Skywalker didn't become Darth Vader? <laughs> right. This is the story. Right. That's what it sounds like. Right. But I mean, Mike Lee is exactly right. If this is true, this is an act of war. And what they're alleging is that 
the CIA, the Biden administration came up with a plan to eliminate the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, to blow it up. And we all remember, I, mean, I think I even came on this program and said, I think you asked me, it was like, do you think this was us? And I'd be yeah. like, and then I was like, well, no, we would never risk something like a direct attack on a Russian asset. Right. Never but risk it. Here's the thing. I think it was Germany or Sweden. Somebody just released a report that showed Russia didn't do it. Yeah. And how many countries have the ability to do something like this? This was not an easy uh, hit. Not an easy hit and not even an easy hit for for Americans. I mean, it would take a long time. I mean, it would take very specific assets like, you know, SEAL Team 6 or something like that. Correct. But the article goes into that. They couldn't use a SEAL Team 6 or anyone in JSOC's Joint Special Operation Command because they'd have to go through Congress. Now, this is a big part of the story, if true. They use uh, some obscure Navy divers that are not part of JSOC. So then the CIA could use them in a joint intelligence operation not a military operation an mm. intelligence operation that would allow them to keep this quiet from congress now think about that like mike lee said this would be an act of war if we did it and they found out but we didn't inform congress about it if true so there is multiple layers to this even right off the bat who is this written by this is written by a guy named uh, Seymour Hirsch. Uh, he wrote for the, I think, New York Times. He was a guy who got the um, the um, Pulitzer for exposing the Miley. Yep, Vietnam. Right? Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So, and he has done many, you know, exposés, but they generally kind of lean against America, do they not? Yeah, the, there was the one in, uh, well, just the biggest, the bigger one would be Osama bin Laden questioning, you know, how all of that went down. He even actually questioned Osama bin Laden's culpability in 9-11. So it almost, okay. this is what you kind of see with journalists nowadays, especially, you know, the, we saw this in the Russiagate stuff. It's almost like they got on this Woodward and Bernstein high yeah. and they all yeah, want yeah. to top each other off of it. So like, where do you go after topping something like, you know, Woodward and Bernstein? They're like getting more and more fantastical and always trying to one up. Well, but not necessarily. I mean, this this story is why you need true a credible press, why you need journalistic standards and not activists, yeah. because we are dealing with a story now that if it is true. The American people wouldn't have gone for this. But it's the American people, if true, that will pay the price. It will be our sons and daughters fighting a war with Russia and probably half of the world because of something our out-of-control deep state did. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been for it. Now, how do we prove it? Who do you believe? Do you believe the investigators with Congress? Do you believe the investigators from the New York Times? Who do you believe? There's one source on this, which I'd love to have, because you were former military intel. So I would love to have your thought on this. Something this large, because the story is pages and pages and pages, and has great detail in it. Yeah. Um, it It's all coming from one source. What are the odds that something this secret, this complex, had more than a few, maybe five, maybe five key holders that could unlock all of the information. 
So let me just, from my intel perspective, and I'm, uh, my real world experience is Afghanistan. I was one of the first ground troops conventional into Afghanistan after 9-11. So I was part of the planning phase, just on my small level, my, mm-hmm. my unit. I didn't know that certain things were going on in northern Afghanistan. Knew a lot of stuff in the south. When we got on the ground, I didn't even know that there was um, special forces in certain areas that had been there for a while. Um, that was not my need to know. I didn't even know that. Correct. Uh, and that was right before a war. So mm-hmm. just that perspective. There's no way in my mind that a mid or lower level, say that carefully, person would have operational knowledge in that detail. You would need cabinet level uh, or director level access. Now, it's interesting because the way you're phrasing this and you're being very, very accurate uh, on things, a cabinet level or director level might have this information. Why would you bring up director level information on something this sensitive and, I mean, director level, this was done by the CIA, okay? So, at least in this report, done by the CIA. So, it would mean what? Like, the director of the CIA? Why would he rat himself out? I mean, that's a really good question, unless he was doing his duty and did not believe in what they were doing. Uh, Is there any example of a director level spilling their guts on something like this? Deep throat. Hmm? <laughs> Deep what <was> throat. That? <laughs> oh, that's right. That was the director of the FBI, right? Which we found out years. Was it decades? Oh, later? decades. Yeah, yeah, decades later. Decades later. But then we were always like, there's no way. Like, how is, how is he getting all this information? It's like, how the heck? That was a big part of it. Who is your source? Never would have believed in my wildest dreams that it was a direct, the director of the FBI. Never. And that's like, like this. Like, will we, decades later, say, how the heck did this guy get his information? We find out it was the director of the CIA. If it's true. If it's true. Now, how, where do you go from here? Where, where do we go from here? Because no Western ally is going to verify this. No. No Western. I mean, even if it is true and they hate the fact that it's true, they know if we say, oh, you know what? I think it was the United States. This is an act of war. Yeah. And Russia has the, the righteous stance in the world. To take us down or mm-hmm. attempt to take us down, take us to war. Yep. That is an act of war. So what 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 does this mean? How do we ever find out anything? Russia has actually responded and they've said that because of these new air quote facts uh, that the White House needs to respond to this or to answer. Of course, the White House, the State Department and the CIA have all been asked and they've all categorically denied it. But. The article was so specific to answer your question in certain ways that, you know, uh, in time in the time frames that they pulled this off. For instance, the article goes into there was a, a big naval exercise that they used as cover to send in these divers. Um, and that exercise did happen. That exercise did happen. He even puts a link into their specific excuse about having using divers to uh, um, show off the capabilities of their mind clearing uh, capabilities. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> you know, s- even Satan uses some truth and then mixes it with, with falsehood. Right. So, I mean, 
you know, that doesn't prove anything. Right, right. But um, so there's that, which maybe they could, I don't know, use some kind of, maybe they were surveilling the areas. Maybe they could look at something. I don't know. But then they also goes in very specifically the type of mine they use to get around the Russian detection uh, capabilities. They go into that. Then they go into, and this is, this kind of seemed weird about how they were going to detonate like 72 hours or 48 hours after this exercise. Correct. And then all of a sudden they had this after afterthought of, oh, maybe that seems kind of suspicious. Maybe we shouldn't just have it on a time detonation a couple of days after the exercise. That doesn't. That doesn't jive with no, me. No, that doesn't. So then they were like, oh, let's send in this like buoy that like has this high tech ping that can, you know, we'll drop it from a plane and it'll set off these uh, charges. That also seems odd to me. That also seems something that the Russians might be able to verify. So, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised right now if there are Russian surveillance planes flying over the area, gathering intel, possibly, you know, attempting to go and look, take a second look. I don't, I definitely don't think we've heard the last of this. So I'm sure they're going to try and verify it if they can, but they're Russians, really. So even if they don't, they're probably just going to say, yeah, they did it anyway, right? I mean, I would. I would too. I would. And quite honestly... I'm not sure we didn't do it. I'm not either. Yeah. Which is wild. I would never would have thought of this. You know, it, 20 years ago, I would have said absolutely right. not. No way. No way. Um, but if you hit me today, if 9-11 happened and we heard, you know, Bush and Clinton and we had exactly what happened with Sandy Berger um, at the National Archives where he's smuggling documents out about Bush and Clinton um, and anything related to uh, Osama bin Laden prior to the bombing, I, w- I, I, I would deeply question our government. We, we have come a long way on finding out how bad our government can be and has been in the past. The problem with this is, is you are going to pay the price. If this happened or if Russia decides to go with it, you, your son, your daughter, you're going to pay the price. And that's what's so infuriating. Because if it is true, the American people should demand that these people, whoever was involved, whoever had this decision, uh, is in prison and punished. And you know what? I would be fine. I don't care who it is. I don't. Let me just say this. And it wasn't. It couldn't couldn't have been because he wasn't in office but to show you how passionate even if it was the former president go ahead send him over to russia let him let him face a trial over in russia i'm sorry but you do something like this and you don't inform congress i mean this is this is the tweet from mike lee last night i'm troubled that i can't immediately rule this suggestion that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream out. He can't rule it out. I checked with a bunch of Senate colleagues. Among those I've asked, none were ever briefed on this. If it turns out to be true, we've got a huge problem. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. We want to welcome uh, our uh, our guest from the University of Washington, Computer Science. Uh, he is uh, a professor there and also the author of a book that came out a few years ago, The Master Algorithm. His name is Pedro Domingos. Pedro, how are you, sir? 
Great. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous when I heard University of Washington. I'm like, oh, well, I don't think he'll even come on, but I, <laughs> I welcome you here. <laughs> uh, we have had a, a heck of a time uh, trying to get people to talk about AI because uh, sometimes they're very, very left and they don't want to be on the program. And I'm like, well, this is a human issue. This is not something that the right should be educated or the left should be educated on. The right shouldn't be. Um, and especially with what we are facing, do you agree that this is one of the greatest things and possibly one of the worst things? Oh, yes, I very much agree. And and also part of the problem is that the left is on top of it. I don't think the right has quite woken up yet, but it needs to. So you I've heard you describe this as uh, the greatest authoritarian tool ever invented. That's correct. So AI is potentially the greatest tool of totalitarianism that has ever been invented. AI is a very powerful technology. It can be used for good or bad. But in particular, if you're a dictator, AI is a dream come true. AI will do everything you want. It will surveil everybody 24 by 7. It will never get tired. It will never question you. It'll keep records. It will, you know, it's, it's, um, it's scary. It's total. Uh, and Yes. Uh, I mean, AI can do things that no dictator would, even in their dreams, think of. 50 years ago sure. and unfortunately in a country like china it's already happening i and, mean and you know yeah what's amazing is if you know history back in world war ii ibm with the punch cards they were uh, germans were doing their census with these punch cards and it was the punch cards that uh allowed the germans to find the jews they could just sort everybody by their race etc cetera, etc cetera. and that greatly helped them I think if you had technology in the hands of somebody like Hitler or Mao, you wouldn't have a Jew left on the planet today. Would you agree with that? It's 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 that uh, all seeing, well, all knowing and in the wrong hands would could annihilate and carry out genocide unlike anything we've ever seen. It is, but on the other hand, the Jews would be using the technology as well. In fact, if you look at what's happened in Hong Kong, for example, the protesters there actually got very savvy about using tech to counteract the Chinese tech. So I don't know who would win out in the end. I think, you know, I wouldn't give up the Jews just like that. But the point is, if they didn't use tech and the, and the, and the Nazis used tech, they would be toast. Okay, so there was so much to talk to you about because you're into machine learning, which... Um, um, if you can explain, break it down to a, you know, a dummy like me, what machine learning is and why we should care about it. So AI is getting computers to do the things that only humans traditionally can do, like solving problems and reasoning and seeing and talking. Machine learning in particular is getting computers to learn the same way children and grown-ups do. So it's a very powerful thing is the computer, instead of having to be programmed, it can actually learn just by imitating people, by looking at data. It can learn to drive a car by uh, watching videos of people driving cars. It can learn to play chess by playing against itself and so on. But and, and machine learning is at the root of all these things that AI is doing today. And does it have a way to recognize, ow, don't touch the stove. Stove is hot. That, that, I mean, that's... Well, that's 
important yeah. part of learning. Uh, in fact, this is a part of learning called reinforcement learning, and the term actually comes from psychology, which is uh, when you touch the stove and burn yourself, you learn to not do it again. And we have algorithms in machine learning to do essentially the same thing. Okay. So um, when you look at um, the, the principles of machine learning, and we have to understand that the algorithm we have an algorithm that we use and machines are developing this algorithm and it the tremendous side of of this is just making your life really really easy and even all the way down to helping you find the perfect spouse and i mean really perfect spouse right well machine learning can do a lot of different things for you uh, think of all the things that we learn to do if the computer can learn to do them for you not only can it make your life a lot easier by taking away a lot of the routine stuff, you can now do things to an extent and in an amount that you couldn't before. If you have a project that you pay a few people to work on, you could potentially have not just a few AIs working on it, but a million or a billion. So, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, machine learning, you can think of it. It's like an intelligence multiplier. You now have a thousand or a million times more intelligent at your disposal. But it's not. not but, but it's not just um, uh, intelligence. I mean, talk to me about the digital twin theory. That on dating, for instance, um, you know, it it will date your digital twin that knows you better than you know you will go out and you know, basically go on digital dates with somebody else's digital twin and it could do that you know a billion times and find somebody that you would have never found yes that's a great example so these days you can in principle date you know all sorts of different people but you don't have time to date them in real life and then usually waste a lot of your time just on dates maybe that don't really pan out and uh, what machine learning increasingly is going to let you do is there's a model of you really a digital version of you that uh, can go on simulated dates with this, the, the models of, of other people and do this, you know, an arbitrary number of times. And then what the system does, it says, look, here are the top 10 people that I dated as, as, as your, you know, avatar, as they called. And, you know, and do you want to date these in real life now? And then you can do that and then you give it some feedback and next time, next time maybe it finds you even better people. So, Anytime you have to make choices, whether it's just, you know, on the web or listening to something on the radio, machine learning already helps you. But this can go as far as helping you choose a major, choose a job, choose a company to work for, and even choose a mate for life. And I mean, this is not a theoretical possibility. There are already children today who wouldn't have been born if not for the AI that matched up their, that matched up their parents online. It wasn't with a simulation yet. It was by looking at questionnaires and data and whatnot. But this is where things are headed. Right. And so I, I just want to set up some of the good things that could happen. Um, tell me the good things that will happen with eye tracking. You know, the the Apple has their three thousand um, uh, dollar um, virtual reality um, glasses coming out. Um, and augmented reality, and it has a camera pointed directly at your eyes, too, and it's tracking. And what will that information do on the positive side? It will do a lot of things because your eyes, you think of them as input. It's how you see things, but they're also output. 
If you're looking at my eyes while I'm talking, you can tell all sorts of things about me. And in particular, if, 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 what I'm interested in, where I'm going. And, and in particular in VR, as I move my eyes, the scene needs to change as I move them. And, and you need AI, you need computer vision to do that. So if you think about the way people interact with computers, you know, it's, in the beginning it was by typing and now there's a mouse and so on. But really, ultimately, you'd like to interact them as just to interact with the real world. And, 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 and eye tracking will let you do that. So let me take it again back to dating. But if I'm tracking your eye, I know when you look at a picture, what you look at first and then what you look at second and third. Um, and if I get enough pictures in front of you, I pretty much know the woman that you're attracted to. I, I know what you like and what you don't like. Correct. Uh, yes, indeed. And even even a finer detail, right? You, you can tell exactly what my path was from somebody's nose to their left eye to their right eye to whatever. So think about knowing what somebody's interested in that level of detail. And this is what we're heading towards. And what would that tell you from if you're going from one eye to the other to the nose? What how why is that important? Well, I'm just giving that as an example. You know, people have actually done this. And, and you know, you, your eyes are typically what you look at most when you're looking at someone, uh, you know, or, or, your, or the mouth when they're speaking and, and, and so on and so forth. And you can look at, for example, how, how people look at different pictures and what parts they focus on versus what parts they focus on. So, for example, you could tell what parts of somebody's body somebody's looking at, Correct. right, for better or worse. So tell me, um, tell me, uh, there is so much information on each of us, and it used to be. Well, this is metadata, so we we don't we we don't know who anybody is. But AI can now break down that metadata and assign it to individuals. Right? One of the things that AI is doing is it's 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 finding ways to make sense of all of the data that is out at all times. Correct? Yes. In the early days of the internet, there was this joke that on the internet, no one knows you're a dog because it was so anonymous. And it's ironic because it's precisely the opposite. This is on the internet. In some ways, the, the companies that you're interacting, you know, you better than anybody else because they can see everything that you've clicked on and everything that you've done. Now, in some ways, that's a good thing because they're using that to figure out what you prefer, right? What products you want to buy, what, you know, uh, things you want to listen to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this personalization is very important because in a world of infinite choice, without personalization, you know, you're basically helpless. On the other hand, of course, it'll, it also makes it possible to potentially manipulate you, repress you, who knows what. So we are uh, we're talking to Pedro Domingos. He is a uh, professor, computer science professor at University of Washington. He is also the author of The Master Algorithm, um, which is is that kind of like the grand unifying theory, uh, but just of algorithms? Uh, that's exactly the idea, is that there's different uh, algorithms to do machine learning uh, that solve different problems, but to get to human level AI, we need to solve all of them at the same time. And the goal is to have a single algorithm that combines them all. And there's some way that, for example, in physics, there's a theory of all the forces and, and in right. biology, there's a theory of how cells work and so on. Do you believe in the singularity, meaning A, the merging of man and machine, that that's inevitable, and B, the singularity of consciousness of uh, computers? I believe in the singularity in the sense that 
the, the humans and machines will merge. In fact, we're already merging. The way things get done is an ever more intricate mis, mis, mix of humans and, and, and computers. But I don't think the singularity will happen in the sense that Ray Kurzweil has described where intelligence in the universe just goes to infinity. That's what a singularity is, is something going to infinity. I think, you know, there are physical limits on what intelligence can be and, and how it works. And also, you know, there's this notion that in the singularity, people just don't understand the AI at all anymore. And, right. indeed, you know, these days we have technology that in many ways we don't understand. But I don't think it will ever be the case that we completely don't understand it and completely bypasses it. And most important, the idea in the singularity is that, like, now humans have lost control, right? It's the AIs that run the world and bye-bye oh. humans. And I think we can stay and probably should stay uh, in control forever. Yeah, yeah. And AI can be very powerful but still be under our control. It's actually something that people often don't understand is just because we make the AI very smart doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to take over. Unless we let it. Unless we let it. Uh, Exactly. Unless we let it or worse, unless we let people, you know, like the bad guys are trying to control AI. Correct. We've got to control AI ourselves. I mean, that's that's one of the things I've, I've said this for years and years and years. Don't fear AI. Fear the people who are writing the programs for AI. Watch those people because those who control it can use it for their own devices. But AI is neither bad nor good. It's whose hands is it in control of? Exactly. I mean, an AI is like a car, right? You know, the bank robbers can use a car. That's not a reason to not have cars or to, you know, forbid highways. It's a reason for the police to have faster cars than the bank robbers do. And it's the same thing with AI. It can use for good or bad. And at the end of the day, you know, what matters is to use it. So everybody needs to learn how to use AI so that they use it in their interest. So that it's not the government using AI or companies using AI to, uh, you know, make decisions for them or even worse, dictate what they do. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, if you haven't already gone to glennbeck.com, get access to the research from last night's Wednesday night special all about artificial intelligence. It includes the videos that come from China. I mean, it is it's some spectacularly spooky stuff. It really is. You can find it now at glennbeck.com and get ahead of this. Be able to teach this to your friends on what is on our doorstep. Uh, You can also, when you sign up for the newsletter, you'll not only get that as a bonus today, but you will also get my show prep every day. You'll get about 60 to 80 stories sometimes that I think are important, but really only about 15 of them will make it on the air. Um, But they're all worth reading. Uh, And you can find that and get that free at glenbeck.com. Last night, I got a text from uh, Mike Lee. It said, uh, check my Twitter feed. So I did. If false, slander, if true, war. And it was the story about how we may have blown up the the Nord Stream pipeline. I wrote to him right before I came on the air uh, today and I said, you know, so what do I tell the people? And, and he said, I would tell your audience, we don't know whether or not this is true. Um, lone author writing on Substack, relying on a single store, source isn't good, but it's we have no confidence either way is it true i don't know but if it's true it's a real problem a huge quoting huge problem of epic proportions 
Plus, who who else might have done this? Who else had the capacity? Mike will be joining me tomorrow to uh, flesh that out. But I wanted to get Bill O'Reilly on to see if he has an initial take, because I think this is all about the loss of the press and credibility. We don't know who to believe and what to believe. Bill, welcome. Beck, I'm sending you some free stuff before we get into this on uh, Team Normal. Are you on Team Normal? I don't. I don't know what Team Normal is. If if, okay, so, if you're the head of Team Normal, I think you might want to. Re- no, I'm sending it to you anyway. <laughs> so it's Team Normal versus Team Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you listen to uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders' speech, yeah. So I'm on Team Normal. I know that's been disputed. Yes, yes. Uh, but on BillOReilly.com, we got the hats and the shirts. We got our bumper stickers. Okay. And if you want to be on Team Normal, all right. And I think you do, Beck. I, I would like a Team. Do you sell the Team Crazy? Uh, we no, we don't want to oh, promote shoot. the Team Crazy. Well, I, I you know I thought we I could just wear it once in a while. As a dad around the house. You know what I mean? All right. Now, Seymour Hersh, who wrote this story on Substack about the pipeline is a loon. Okay. Lost his mind about, I don't know, 30 years ago, in my opinion, my humble opinion. It's a uh, subjective analysis of Mr. Hersh. He did good work in Vietnam. Yep. Um, But after that, it was just crazy time. Yeah. Uh, He he has come up with a lot of things. and n- not usually verifiable. No, never borne out. Yeah. So he loves, he loves this. Uh, the, knowing the Biden administration the way I do, I think it's almost impossible that Joe Biden would uh, order a, 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 an attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. He just doesn't have that kind of grit and that could start a world war with yeah. nukes. So I would say to Senator Lee, with the respect, I don't believe the story as it stands. Well, now. he said he in all fairness, that's what he said. Yeah, I don't believe it, but I can't dismiss it either. Well, I can't dismiss Martians from Venus. I mean, you know, well, they you would be what this. are they? Tourists on Venus? Why would Martians be on Venus? You can go this conspiracy route all day long, (laughs) but I'm a fact-based guy. Correct. And the only people really watching this, you're never going to get any reporting out of Russia that's worth anything. Yes. You can't believe anything they say. But the Swedes, Olaf and the Swedes. Yeah, right. And and, uh, that group over there, what what are they? Yeah, they're watching it. Right. So... (laughs) At this point, I think this isn't really, you know, something that America should be concerned about. Um, do you want to get into the State of the Union? Because uh, I have one thing that everybody missed, Beck. Uh, yeah, I do. But I want to take this this uh, conversation w- one step further. Sure. The problem with this story, Bill, is is we have been lied to so many times by our administration, by our media, that I find myself in a position to where... I can't make a call on a few things like this. I'm like, I don't think we did that. But if we did do that, it'd be really horrible. But I don't think we could ever prove it because no one is a journalist anymore. Nobody yeah, but actually is. Even if you were a journalist, I am a journalist. 
and I can scuba dive. If you want to put me in a little bell, right? I'll go oh, down. I'd love to put you in a little bell. I know you would, yeah, Jack, you yeah. Jealous, right. jealous guy. Um, anyway, all right. But it's impossible. You just can't get to that kind of a story. So, do you do you believe we'll ever find out who blew it up? Because no. somebody did. I, you know, look. I don't know whether that is a physiological fact that somebody did. You're, you're way under the water. You've got all kinds of combustibles going through the pipeline. Certainly it could have been uh, some kind of uh, malfunction. So I don't think I would go with sabotage 100% at this point. I think the Swedes and Elsa yeah, and, her Swedes, sister, you know, that, and her that, sister uh, were there. Yeah. Yeah, they I, I believe they investigated them. It was it was sabotage. Okay. So tell me what we missed on the uh, state of the union. Okay, and and the guy in the Wall Street Journal just ripped off my analysis. Henninger is yeah. his name today. Uh-huh. So right after the the uh state of the union, I did instant analysis right. on radio and television. That's what I do for a living. And mm-hmm. I said, "Look, did you not pick up the living wage comment and you're an expert at this at the end of it he's going everybody should be in a union because everybody should have a living wage and everybody should have health care you know the usual a living wage okay is a marxist tenet yes that means the government sets everybody's salary nobody no corporation company is going to set a living wage so i brought it to cuomo last night i do a hit with him on wednesday on news nation which you should watch just because you'll be entertained, Beck. All right. And I said to him, hey, did you catch this? And, of course, he said no. But then he started to do the, the little dance about, well, he meant minimum wage. I said, no, he no, didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't there, we already have minimum wage laws. He meant living wage. So fast forward to this morning, open a Wall Street Journal, which is worth reading on its editorial page sign, and there's Henninger going, oh, uh, Biden has come out of the closet as a socialist, and that's true. But here's the real tragic part. Biden doesn't even know what a living wage means. <laughs> he doesn't even know it's part of the Karl Marx program. He didn't write that speech. He went over it 15 times, because, and he delivered it pretty well. you got to be honest. He had good energy. He didn't look befuddled. Um mm. He had good energy. I don't know what they... That delivery to what he usually does, stammers around with, that was light years better. But he didn't write any of it, and unlike Trump and Obama, they didn't write either, but they edited heavily, both of them. I don't know whether Biden... But I doubt that he's sitting there with a Sharpie editing. I doubt it. He pretty much does what he's told to do by well, Susan Rice. The New York Times did a whole story on this and said he does edit. And he's looking for because they had several insiders of the White oh, House. Bill, insider. And they said that he edits and he marks it up where he needs to pause. And he looks for because he has a strong rule, no acronyms and words that he thinks he might stutter. He takes those out. Uh, Jill Biden does not, not him. I'm going listen, whenever you see anonymous sources, New York times, Mm -hmm. forget it. No, forget it. No. I mean, yeah, they want to make them look good. 
So they, oh, an insider told me. I, I just can't even imagine him with his concentration span being 18 seconds, all right, sitting there with an hour and 12-minute speech going over it line by line. Now, what he does do is read the teleprompter, and he reads it, and he reads it, and he reads it. And they have built in, in the teleprompter, pause. Right. Stop. Right. Smile. Grimace. So, <laughs> grimace. <laughs> um, Bill, let me, uh, let me ask you. He ad-libbed a few things that apparently were not in the speech, and one of those was his angry, angry response about, who wants to be President Z in China? Nobody. And his, he goes from like, okay, to screaming, flaming mad in an instant. That sounds like me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Look, I, I'm not going to analyze his emotional capabilities. I mean, you've all, he taught, called some reporter a dog pony soldier or something i mean it's just incoherent gibberish um and so i don't even bother with that what really really disturbs me and this is not in the forefront of the american people's mind they're calling him a liar and they always oh, a liar he says he's that he's delusional beck Oh, he, he lives in a world of delusion. He thinks he's doing a good job with the economy. He believes that he is a deficit cost cutter. He believes this stuff. OK, and it's so far from reality. But we all know older people who you go in and then there there they are. And it's the same syndrome and run for office again. This man is going downhill faster than Lindsey Vaughn. You think this is going to get better with him? No. no. I mean, no. I, I, uh, one, I'm one, just sitting there going, this country, if this man wins another four-year term, this country is going to be damaged beyond repair. We can repair it now. I have about 70 seconds. I have to ask you about the spat between Donald Trump and, and uh, Ron DeSantis. What, what is Trump doing? Stop with this. You know. I agree 100%. Um, I agree. It's, it's a terrible tactic he doesn't need. He doesn't. To. He doesn't. If he right. would, yeah, if he would just but it's, yeah, it's be president. It's all about discipline with him. Yeah, you know. know that. I know, I know, I know. It's emotion and discipline. He's going to have a tough time, you know, getting that nomination unless he changes course fairly quickly. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Make sure you watch his No Spin Zone every night on BillOReilly.com. Uh, he's also got uh, products and his latest book also available online at BillOReilly.com. Bill, thanks. Talk to you again All next right, week. All right, look for that gear, man. You I want to see you wearing that hat. Na, na, na.